Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Had to think a minute. I did. I did. It started to run together a little bit. That's okay. Thank you for tuning in to supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. We appreciate everybody who's listening, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us out there across the world and our medical personnel taking care of us here at home. We are very much in your debt. I had to think. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it here, Joel. Help me out. I don't know what's going on. Got to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House. I want to remind you, you can check them out on Highway 12 at the drive through window or use the walk-up window on the University Drive location. And despite the, show, the social distance, despite all that stuff, you can still get the caffeine that, quite frankly, we all know that you need. The blueberry cobbler. Evidently, I need it, too. The, the blueberry cobbler was fantastic today, I'm here to tell you. And it will be good on the day you listen to this, whether you listen to it on the day it posts or whether you listen to this a week from when we recorded it. It doesn't matter when you It listen. doesn't matter. The Blueberry Cobbler, the Albino Squirrel, whatever yeah. you want. And don't be forget, fantastic. if you're, you're, you're out and about and you just you don't want to deal with the grocery store for some, uh, some toilet paper or a loaf of bread, they got you taken care of at Strange Brew, at Strange Brew Coffee House. They have provisions for sale. Yeah. They're bread, milk, sugar, salt, yeast, and, of course, toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, so if you want a Blueberry Cobbler with a side of TP, yeah, that's your I place. went to the grocery store today. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to walk past. I don't go down the paper aisle because what's the point? But to walk past, and there, there's nothing there. Like, why? Why is there nothing there? Uh, it is maybe the most, uh, I shouldn't say that because there are people that are a lot worse off than, but it's than I am. But what I was going to say is, I about said it is the worst part of this pandemic or whatever. It's yeah, it's just, not the worst you, part. It's not, but you just can't get what you want to get when you want to get it kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but like, if you want caffeine, you can get you that. You can get that and get it very easily. At Strange Brew Coffee House. Remember to shop online at collegecornerstore.com because you need to stay in maroon and white throughout this quarantine. And of course, right now, you know, we should be cheering on the Diamond Dogs, but since we can't, the next best thing will be to wear the M over S. Go to their website, collegecornerstore.com, put baseball in the search bar, and anything you want to purchase that comes up there, you're going to get 25% off. Anything M over S hats, shirts, polos, t shirts, jackets, hoodies, autographed pictures of Joel. I don't know. I don't know what all's there. It's a it's such a vast selection that there could those things could be there. When you emerge from your habitat, yeah. when it's all this is said and done, you can be you can be wrapped in maroon. You can, and you, can be, you can be looking sharp. Thanks to our good friends over at collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems, they're the ones you need to talk to as these virtual meetings need to be taking place. They are the leaders in business technology here in this state. Over 45 years of service to the state of Mississippi working with Mississippi State, working with OCH here in Starkville. They offer full sales and service for all office technology, and they are happy to help you right now, setting up spe- setting up those virtual meetings, and they're offering specials to help get your remote workers the business devices they need in their home office setup. 
Anything you need to keep your business moving during this time, Advantage Business Systems can be the one to help you. Please give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. ABS may get a lot more business after this quarantine said and done, and everybody's like, hey, you can actually work from home. We're going to get you a printer, or we're going to get you this. I have been saying that for the past few weeks. I think a lot of businesses are going to realize that they have been wasting millions <laughs> on offices when people could just work from home. Especially now, I think I read something or I saw something that productivity is up. And I sort of get that because like my wife works from home and I just leave her alone. She's just in in in, in the she's in the den. That's where she set up her little home office and I just don't go in there. Whereas, you know, you know full well that if you've got coworkers, they're chit-chatting all the time. And I just stay out of there, and the kids, for the most part, stay out of there. And, you know, it's just, you're comfortable, yeah. you know? You, I don't know why she thinks it's so cold in our house. I took a picture. I'll show you this picture. She's underneath two blankets with a sweatshirt on. I'm like, it's 68 in here. You would think I got the air conditioner on 40. Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. But, she, you know, she's, just, she's been productive. I think you're going to see businesses go, hey, we can save a lot of money by just telling our employees, stay at home. You know, we can have... You can always rent the Holiday Inn conference room if you need to have a big meeting or something. But mm-hmm. for the most part, and I think I think Zoom has sort of shown that, hey, we can just have these calls right here. So I won't be surprised to see a lot of businesses go stick with this. And if that's the case, you're right. A business like Advantage Business Systems can be a great help to you. I, I saw a Twitter meme the other day. It was uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of the Vince McMahon removing the hood. You know, it was me, Austin. Yeah. It was me all. It was like, who started the pandemic? And it wasn't China. It was like somebody removing the hood, and it was Zoom. makes sense sense. i'd never heard of zoom until all this started happening so yeah was zoom going before all this i had never heard of Zoom. i'd never heard of. i assume it has existed now it's something that we're using every day pretty frequently every day all right let's uh move on into our apologies for a lot of sponsorship here in the i know that's not everybody's favorite but the show today is just this interview we've got so let's get right into that let's move on into that interview today's bulldog rewind is brought to you by our friends at welcome home beef who want who have got a great situation set up for you on friday go to their website right now or or go to i'm sorry go to their facebook page uh facebook.com slash welcome home beef what they're going to be doing this friday is this and it's, it's pretty incredible they're having a facebook live show uh, they're launching their website, welcomehomebeef.com. It's not open just yet, so don't don't flood it, please. But go to the go to the Facebook page. You can register for a chance to win one of their dinner for two or pitmaster specials, which are I will tell you are loaded with meat. If you need meat, they can help you. So you can win that. All you've got to do is go to the Facebook page, comment with the word register. And they'll send you a link, and boom, you're confirmed, you're ready to shop, and more importantly, you can watch that Facebook Live for a chance to win. They're going to be cooking some great things. Basically, it's going to be some it's going to be some safe for work adult video. <laughs> All right, don't don't worry about that other you know raunchy stuff. Watch steaks get cooked. That'll make you happy. I promise. I went by uh, Welcome Home Beef today. I picked up some some things I'm going to cook this weekend. A big beef short rib, about four and a half pounds worth of beef that's going to get slow braised in a delicious brown sauce plus they were very kind to joel yeah. coleman yeah they, they found out you know they 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 avid listeners of thunder and lightning as you might guess hooked uh, joel up with a couple of fillets sure did thank you so Will. appreciate y'all that's gonna be that's gonna be good eating I, I i i volunteered to come cook it for you and i may take you up on that i'll, I'll wear a mask you have to stay six feet away here's what i'll do I'll cut co- you and the wife and the kids go drive around. They're fillets. We're talking about 
Can't take all that. 10, 15 minutes yeah. tops to cook those. And uh, we'll go from there. Now, when I get back, stay six feet away and just throw it to me like a dog. No, I'll just, I'll, I'll call you like, I'm done. They're sitting on the stove resting. <laughs> I'll lock the door and then I'll head out and you come back in. That's what we'll do. You're, you can make the sides. I'll draw a line yeah. somewhere. So, 662-418-2021. That's the number for Welcome Home Beef. Go to Facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. And coming soon, WelcomeHomeBeef.com. Anything you need to do to get this USDA prime beef into your hands, you need to do it. Why do you need to do it, Joel Coleman? Well, it just tastes good. And they pay attention, too, because if you'll recall, it wasn't all that long ago, we had a question, I think, on the rumblings. What's your favorite cut? And I said filet. So they pay attention. They're, they know what's they, going on. Here, here we are a couple weeks later. And it could what, be that. What, what or it, I, it could just be that most everybody likes filet. Yeah, I love a filet. So. You can't go wrong. It's not that hard to... No. To, yeah. Joel, Joel's an easy guy to please. I really am. So, All right. It's time to get into this interview at the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Cole Gordon joins us. We're going to talk... And when, when we look at this interview, it's not just about this, this Game 3 against Vanderbilt, which is part of one of the craziest Super Regionals ever, but a lot of good in-depth talk about that 2018 season and how things turned around, not just for him before the whole team. So hope you guys enjoy it. Here's Cole Gordon on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. So joining us on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline is former MSU reliever, current, much to Joel chagrin, current New York Met uh, minor leaguer. <laughs> hey, between 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 this this fella and Jake Mangum, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to let it's go. It's gotta a be bit tough. Cole Gordon on the line with us. Your second favorite team has to be one of your divisional rivals. I know. I'm just know. glad they're not Dodgers. My gosh. Uh, <laughs> Cole, thanks I for joining us. More blue and orange. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, thanks for joining us, man. We really, really appreciate it. We, we were, no, I'm glad to be here. We were talking a little bit before we we got started about this super regional, just in, in general, and how you're talking about a you know walk off home run, walk off home run, uh, three run comeback in the in the bottom of the ninth turns into a four run top of the eleventh, and, and and you go out like that, or, or you know obviously you move on like that. For for your you played a lot of baseball more than Joel and I have ever played it and probably watched as much as as both of us. Anything compared to this for you? Maybe not even just in baseball, but just in sports. For just in terms of, you sort of said this off air. How many pitches in this were make or break that could have one thing goes the other way and everything sort of falls falls a different way? No, and that was for both sides of the teams. I mean, you look at that whole series. And um, from the first pitch to the last, every pitch mattered. I, I think I remember right in game three, they even made a push in that 11th inning mm-hmm. um, and had a, had a runner up the bat, I think, that could have tied or whatever. But every one of those pitches mattered. And I've, like I said before, I've never been a part of a series or um, seen a series that really carried that much weight every single game. It wasn't just like a two-game sweep. It wasn't anything like that. Every single game carried so much weight for both teams that um, and you know the other thing that's hard to explain that you really can't put into a you know a data sheet or a analytics or anything like that is, is the atmosphere that was there that weekend. Um, you know you talk about you could feel tension and stuff like that. You could like cut it with a knife. People say all the time or whatever it is, and you could really feel it that weekend. I mean that weekend you could feel the just the uh, intensity of it all and everything. I've in all my time playing sports, you know, no matter what it was or um, watching them for that matter, I've never experienced anything like that weekend. So we've got you on on, on the line now. We're gonna we're gonna get the answer to this question that everybody wants to know. This postseason, something happened to you. You went from a pitcher who you know you had ups and downs at Mississippi State. You had some good moments. You had some bad moments. And in this this postseason, you became unhittable. <laughs> I mean, you you were, you were basically. 
just it was it was one of the craziest transformations I've ever seen in, in sports. Just for you, from a mental standpoint, you know, did anything feel different for you coming into the? Did, what was different about your postseason? Is it mental? Was it physical? What was started? What started working for you in this postseason? Yeah, I don't think anything um, necessarily changed physically. I mean, you know, the stuff was still the same stuff I've been throwing out there all year. Um, but I, I think the mentality had to change a little bit. Like I said, you know, that year we had gone through a lot. Uh, you know, we lost our coach. We had, we had been in ups and downs as a team as a whole, and especially for me personally. Um, but after that Oklahoma game um, and when Mac hit that home run against Florida State, you know, we just kind of had it felt like a different feel as a, as a team as a whole. Like, uh, I, I don't know if y'all could see it, or I'm sure you could, but there was just something. I mean, we got into that rain delay. It all started pretty much at that rain delay uh, against Florida State. And uh, I remember sitting there with, with Blake Smith, and we were sitting in Florida State's weight room uh, at the baseball field. And we were just sitting there looking at each other, and we're like, man, like, we're going to win this game. You know, it was crazy. There's a, a parish, I think it was, he's throwing a gym of a game. You know, it just kind of been how our season was going. We lost to Oklahoma pretty terribly the day before. But there's something about it. Like, man, we're, we're going to win this game. And from then on out, there was some sort of uh, there was a focus. There was a thing that came about me there that, you know, I, I really felt like all my pitches matter. And I, I had to really get in there. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what it was. I, I couldn't put a finger on it, on what it was. Um, but, you know, when you start having success, too, uh, the confidence starts building. You know what I mean? There's just, uh, you feel like you can get those outs, and you kind of have that feeling of being unhittable. Um, besides the fact that, really, I wasn't. But, um, you know, if you had that mindset, it's it's nice, and uh, you can roll with confidence, and that goes a long way. When you look at the, the box score of this game, you know, a, really a back-and-forth game. You guys go up 2 nothing. Vandy takes a 3-2 lead. You guys get a 4-3, goes up to 6-3 in the ninth, and you're thinking, okay, You've got Riley Self on the mound. He, he's been solid all season long. But it just gets away from him there in the ninth. He gives up the two home runs. I, I won't lie. I will tell you that if you go back and look at my Twitter feed at, at this moment, I, I, I was saying stuff like, guys, we all know what's about to happen. It was a good run, blah, blah, blah. I, I won't, I'll admit that I tapped out on this. What, what's going on in the dugout when, when they tie the game in the ninth inning? You know, it's uh, it was something about uh, that season. I'm telling you, it was, it was from that point on, we just kind of had this like nothing was ever truly over. Like even even when we lost that game and uh, the last game in Omaha that year, it's like it's not over. Like you know what I mean? Like we were that team. We we genuinely believed um, that it was our year. Like that that was us. We were going to do it, um, despite the fact that it could have been ten to nothing in that uh, ninth inning for all we cared. Uh, there was no clue. I mean, you think about. Um, Max will run two strikes, uh, I believe, both times, and Vandy and at Florida State. Um, it's something Gotro had really preached, and, you know, Gary was at his feet of that, but Gotro really was preaching. There was two strikes, folks. There was no quit. We were never going to give in. Um, and that was kind of our motto for the year. That was really the motto we had to be because, like I said, we didn't dominate that year. Um, we didn't always seem to be the best team on the field, but you weren't ever going to have us believe that. Um, we were never going to give in. We were never going to lay down to anyone. I don't care who they threw out there. I mean, Oregon State had uh, three first-rounders in that lineup. But you, oh, even to the last out there, I mean, we had a chance to win it there at the end. Uh, so I don't think there was any sort of um, give with that team. We, If you were going to beat us, you really had to beat us every pitch because there was, there was no chance we were ever going to give in. 
or uh, give a game away. That's just that was not in our DNA that year. And like you said, um, you know, yeah, that one got away from Riley. But who who else do you want to give the ball to there? I mean, the guy, like you said, that had success, always has. Um, you know, it's just it's stuff that happens in baseball. But that doesn't mean the guys in the lineup that next inning aren't going to pick him up. And that's exactly what they did. So. I would have to say it was just it wasn't in that team's DNA to quit. It wasn't in that team's DNA to to ever feel like we were out of anything. You kind of covered a lot of what I was about to ask in that <laughs> answer. I get no, it's okay. I just I can remember talking to Jake back. I don't know somewhere in the first of March or middle of March or so, and and you guys, quite frankly, weren't playing very well, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, things were not off to a blazing start in SEC play, I don't think. And it was right before that Ole Miss series where everything, I guess, started to come together. I remember we were out at spring football, a lot of us, and y'all were beginning the game against Ole Miss. And I think it was Brian was sitting there updating Twitter and was like, holy cow, it's like y'all were, you know, starting to pile on against Ole Miss that day, a cold, cold day. Uh, And uh, But anyway, from from then on, I mean, you guys just – just took off and, and but anyway i was talking to jake before all that and jake and his just calm demeanor was like oh we're fine <laughs> i mean, I mean he, he literally you would have thought you guys were 30 and 0 at that point you know he's like oh we're fine we'll be okay i mean was that was that just jake or was that literally what you guys were that year i mean despite the fact going in that old miss series i mean you know, we, we as sports writers look around trying to make our summer plans as far as vacations <laughs> and things, and, and it really we weren't a hundred percent sure you guys were going to make it to Hoover that particular no. year. But, but there was a, a thought in the uh, talking to Jake, like, "Oh, we're fine." Was that always the case, or was that just uh, you know fake it till you make it kind of thing? Well, I mean, first, I don't know how much I can buy of your story if you're saying Jake Banks calm. I've never known that guy to be a calm <laughs> anything. He is he is a pistol all the time. Um, but no, no, seriously. I mean, we were we were the best under 500 team you'd have ever seen in your life. Um, yeah. We uh, there was it was it was a genuine it was a genuine belief. Um, you can call it confidence. You can call it arrogance. Uh, kind of whatever you want to get to, but. As a as a whole, as a unit, um, that team was a unit. That team was a whole. There was no um, selfish pieces on that team. There was no cancers. There was no anything. And because of that, we we genuinely believed that we were going to be the best team um, on the field every time we played because we believed in each other at that point. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Um, it's easy to get down and out on a team when when you see just when you only see the results of it. It's easy to. Um, right off teams like that, but when you're when you're in there with those guys, and you know we spent goodness knows what seven eight months, and in reality longer than that with each other because a lot of us had played together before that, and the uh, freshman that year um, really just kind of gelled in easily. I mean there was no flaws. When you have a team that's that's more of a unit than individual players. Um, you can believe anything, you know what I mean? And, and the more you believe in something, the more you press towards that one thing, um, the more likely it is to, to really become something, the more likely it is to um, fulfill what, you, what you're believing. So I think that was the biggest piece was the fact was everyone believed it. So if, so if we're all believing it and we're all working towards the same goal, usually more often than not those things kind of sync up together and um, you get the results that we had that year and the run that we did have. You pitched three and uh, two-thirds inning this game, two hits, 
didn't give up a run, struck out seven. And this, I mean, this is what I was talking about. That you, you, your your game had just elevated itself so much. Did you want to give up the ball? Did you feel like Never. you could when 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 they brought you when they took you out for Riley? Did did, did you feel uh, like you had a little bit more left to give? Oh, 100 percent. Um, you know, and I'm sure you watch the games. If you watch a lot of the games that I, I pitched at Mississippi State, you would you would probably want to take the ball from me more sooner than not. I usually made things <laughs> a little more interested than they should have been. I was thinking about that Florida game where where, where you were supposed to come out and, and didn't, or whatever happened there. <laughs> yeah, oops. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, like I said, like I I have the the you know the most faith in Riley to come in and do what he did. He he really got out of the jam there. Uh, but me personally, um, I never feel like my tank's empty. You know what I mean? I just there's there's no reason in my mind that I should ever come out of the game. I want to be out there. Um, like I said, with the, when the tension's that high, when everything's going like that, uh, win, lose, or draw, there, I I want to be the one that has the ball. I want to be the guy that's on the mound. Um, and it's more so I want to win so bad. I'm not I'm not really af- afraid to lose. I wasn't afraid of of giving up the hit or anything. And I think that's really kind of the mindset that changed that postseason to, you know, propel me into others to that to the run we had there and the run I had personally. Um, I, I didn't want to give up the ball. I know, I know, you know, there's decisions made and when especially with the coach watching on, like uh, Gary was there and stuff. Um, you have to make those calls. Um, but no, personally, I, I never wanted to give up the ball, uh, especially not at that time with with everything that was riding on it, um, with my base runners out on the base. Uh, it gets it gets personal at that point, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not gonna let my team down and, and leave those base runners out because those those are my fault. Those were um, errors that I made and, and mistakes that I made that put my team in jeopardy. And uh, for me, it becomes you know a personal fight at that point. And I'm not gonna let my team down. And the only way that I know I can control that and keep that in my hands is if I'm the one out there pitching. When you look at the last couple of innings, I mean the bullpen was such a key in this. I think it's sort of overlooked. But after you know the game gets tied up, Neff, McQuarrie, and, and Keegan James come in and get pitched two and a third of, of scoreless relief. They only allow two base runners, one of which was on an intentional walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just what was, the bullpen that year was very interesting because I think coming into the season it was about okay, we they got to find some guys who can do things, and you ended up having a lot of quality guys. What was what was the bullpen like all year? for you and what was it like in this specific game where you guys thinking we know we're going to be called upon we have to be ready yeah and then that and games like that game three is the super regionals or anything or do or die games like that it's all hands on deck always um and you know i i think i think confidence um kind of can build off one another so you have a guy like zach neff for instance think about the nails that he was that postseason mm-hmm. to the game before um, I, I believe he gave up the walk-off to Bleday, and he'd been lights out all season. Um, this, the, the nails in that guy's in that guy's blood to to come back out there the next day, um, no remorse, you know, no no pity on himself of of what happened, and to come out there and, and dominate like he had the whole year before that. Um, and Keegan in that year, I don't believe got that many innings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, as a year as a total as a whole, Denver right. um, the same, but. Uh, Denver big strikeout if I remember in yes, that game to to get out of that inning mm-hmm. um, and Keegan to, to end the door. I mean, that's that's part of what I was talking about earlier of, of being a unit. Um, you know, like I said, I didn't want to give up the ball, but I was confident in every single one of those guys coming out behind me, and no matter what happened, um, myself and the rest of the team was going to be behind them. And I think when you have 
relationships like that um, and confidence in each other like that, that's when that's when we were that's when you're dangerous. That's when we were dangerous as a team. Um, there was no doubt in my mind those guys could get big outs. Uh, we all knew it. They knew it. Um, so really, all it came down to was executing this stuff. So I, I really think um, confidence and you know being good teammates and stuff feeds off of each other. I think uh, the only good teams you see really win it all are the teams that are close and the teams that believe in one another. Because you can't you can't win a baseball game by yourself. I don't care um, how good you are. It's a really hard thing to do, and well, you can't do it. But um, I, I think just the confidence we had in those guys, and we I saw the work they all put in. Um, day in and day out, and I had I had no doubt that those guys would be able to get those big outs. One of the lasting images, Cole, of this whole Super Regional to me, after you guys win it, are some of the, I guess, photos and of course the, the post game presser with, with Gary. Um, how much of this season? I mean, how much credit does he get for, I guess, riding the ship and taking over? What was a you know rocky situation and and to get you guys here and and to get you guys to Omaha? It's a pretty incredible story and kind of a sports writer's dream to have a story like that. Uh, outside looking in, you know, obviously the, the the head coach or interim head coach in this scenario, you you think gets a lot of credit, but just how vital was he to, to keeping this thing together and I guess keeping you guys on track. Yeah, I mean, you talk about iconic photos, though. I think the photo of uh, Tanner Poole picking up Gary yeah. uh, with his hands up is its one of the most moving pictures to me. I mean, um, you know, at that time, with, with everything that was going on, with, with all the craziness, um, we truly needed a leader. We needed, um, we needed an adult. You know, we had leaders on the team and whatnot, but we really needed someone uh, just to kind of be there and be like, look, guys, like, we're, I'm here for you. I'm... I'm I'm going to be here for you guys. This is this. It's no longer, you know, what the outside says. It's no longer the craziness of what's going on. Like we needed, we needed a leader. And um, I, I love Gary Henderson. I, there's not much else you can say for what that guy did. Uh, not only for us, but for our program as a whole. I mean, that's that's a dangerous time for a program, for any program um, that could really uh, spiral out of control with all the craziness. I mean, you, you read any story, you, you do anything at that time, like. It was crazy. That stuff was that time was crazy, um, and I, I think uh, I think Coach Anderson did a just an incredible job of, of being the leader, um, being the figure we needed at that time. Um, and I don't even think you can stop it at, at Gary Henderson. You can go out, Coach Mike Brown, uh, Gotro. Um, the way that that group uh, came together, the way that they. They became the steadiness. The, they became the rock of, of uh, adult, just foundation that we needed, and, and just the steadiness of it. All those guys and the way they worked together after that. Um, we talk about there not being selfishness on the team. There's no selfishness in the coaches. Nothing was about them. Um, they were they were genuinely invested in us and who we were as players, and and for that matter, just you know people in general. Because you go through something like that, you know a lot of people. Um, put their identity in the baseball into what that is and uh if that's going to shambles you know you, you would think a lot of times people can go to shambles with that and uh for them to be there and to be as selfless as they were and the men that they were at that time the uh just men to look up to and, and people you'd want to you want to act like and if i ever was in that situation um i would want to act just like all three of those those men did at that time and 
um, that's what we needed. We needed an example. We needed leaders, and um, they all did it tremendously, and I can't applaud them enough for what they did that year. Was anybody more clutch on this team than Luke Alexander? Gosh, I mean, uh, what was it, like 20-something come-from-behind wins, and, you know, you think about, like you said, that old Miss series where we turned it around. Um, I mean, how big was that home run? I mean, if, you, if we don't win that game, would we even make the SEC tournament? Um, and to do it in that fashion against that team, and then to do it again in Pearl, I don't know if that was before or after, but, you know, the, the moment really never got too big for Luke, and it never got too big for anybody, it seems like, on that team. And, um, you know, Luke was just a guy who, who uh, Luke, you never see Luke get too high or too low. He was he was a pretty steady steady head, steady man. And, um, you know, when, when the moment came, he was ready for it. And uh, he came up really clutch for us multiple times. And then, you know, the hit against Washington, obviously, on that stage at that time was just crazy. And, of course, he has, you know, the big hit in this one. You know, 8-6, yep. you know, you've gotten the lead back with, with, with a weird inning, you know. Hatcher walks. Mangum strikes out. O two 2 strikes out. I can't believe he didn't get yeah. a, a bat on that the ball. That might be the first time I saw that in my career. <laughs> but then Rowdy uh, beats out an infield single, and then Tanner yeah. Allen steps up with a double. They load the bases for uh, – to. this is another crazy moment here. They load – Stovall gets intentionally walked, so the bases are loaded for McNamee. <laughs> and everybody in the world's thinking the exact same thing here, right? Okay, he's going to do it goes. again. Nope, stri- strikes out looking. And then look like geniuses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Foskey gets walked, and that set, you know puts another run on the board. And then it's Luke Alexander who singles and drives in two to make it ten to six. You're you're in the dugout while all this is going on. I have to think though at this point you've seen so many crazy endings that you're just like, well, just another one. No, hundred percent. That's what I was saying. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, why not? That was kind of our, uh, our, our. It was a half a joke, half a serious uh, motto for the team that year. But it was like, why not us? You know what I mean? Like, why not? We we're we're doing it all the time. It's it just seems like this is this is how it's meant to be. So this is how it's meant to be. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I I was I was trying to yell during Luke's hit, but I think at that point I had lost so much of my voice, so much of my energy in there. Uh, my hair was standing up. It was just it was nuts, but. Um, do you talk about at bats? Uh, I think Rowdy on that at bat did he not foul off like ten pitches? There's an easy. Um, if only I had a device, right? Rowdy, <laughs> yes, foul, strike, foul, foul, ball, foul, ball, and then the single. Yeah, I mean, you talk. It was just bats that were not given in, and, and like I said, like we talked about those leaders being on the team. That that was Gotro's like. His main thing to those hitters that year was, like, we are going to fight, too. We are going to choke up. We're going to spread it out, and they are going to have to beat us. There is going to be no giving in in these at-bats. That inning, um, you know, I talked about that series, but to talk about uh, capping off that whole series with the epitome of especially what that offense's identity was that year, um, you know, that's it. You know, like, Luke, you, you have a big shot like that. How many guys do you know that are going to try to just really get big and send one out of the yard and and uh, and be the you know the guy who you know gets all all whatever? But no, he he stays with what he does best and just drives through a single, and we score two, and you know that that gives us the cushion really we needed to, to win that game. Um, man, you you can't talk about enough like how unselfish that team was from from leadership to to the last player. Uh, 
that's what I'm saying. We we needed that. We needed that unselfish leadership and um, from players like Luke, from coaches, from from everybody uh, to do what we did that year. Because otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, and just thankfully, we had it. Two things, real quick, Cole. One of which uh, just randomly popped in my mind. I don't think I've ever asked a player this. That Vandy Whistler. I was about to ask. <laughs> <Where are> you? <laughs> Do you guys hear that on the field? Because you know, it is one of the things that during when I think back to this uh, Super Regional, the press box was right behind. I mean, there's actually two Whistlers, uh, which you probably knew that, but we were actually right behind one of them. So, I mean, I can still hear it reverberating in my ears when I think back to that. Do you guys hear that that guy or those guys when you're out there? It's funny because, you know, when I was pitching, I had never even noticed it, to be honest with you. Um, but in the dugout, you can for sure notice it. You can for sure hear it, and, you know, you start looking for them. It's, uh, it's just kind of ironic to me, I guess, to an extent. I have uh, I have personally never run across anybody who, who thoroughly enjoys it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at that point, you got I guess it's, that's, that's what he does. I mean... It obviously didn't affect the outcome of the game, so I, I don't, I don't really get the point of it all. But hey, to teach their own on that, I guess. Um, I guess that's as far as I'll go with that one. <laughs> but second part, when you think back to this, I guess not just even in Nashville, but the run in Tallahassee, and I guess every team's special in its own way. But was this the most fun you had playing college baseball right here? This this little stretch, this, these couple of weeks here, <laughs> the run in Tallahassee, the the win in Nashville, getting back to Omaha, kind of when nobody a month or two before even knew for sure if he was going to get to Hoover. I mean, I, I know when I when I think back to this, it, it'll be one of the more incredible seasons of any sport, any team that I ever covered. I'd have to think from the inside, you kind of feel about the same way. But I'll let yeah, you. Yeah, know. I mean, they. You, I mean, in the four years that I was playing there. We had incredible teams. We had incredible players. Um, but you're right. There was just there was something about um, 2018 that was different. There was a different feel. Um, it, it, you, I can't, I can't put it into words. I'm trying to put it into words for you here. Um, but it's it's something that you're going to look back on and you're going to remember for the rest of your life. I mean, personally, I, it's something I'll never forget. It's like vivid details, vivid. Um, just like things that memories that come back to your head because it was all so surreal at that time that you really I mean you can I can still feel the emotions and feel um, those moments like I went back and watched a couple of the pitches um, of those games and like I can still feel that that tense that pressure that excitement of it all um, and man you just you can't replace those things there's there's nothing that's going to be able to replace that year. And uh, how much every one of those guys on that team and the coaches and everything else meant to us. Um, I, I think what stands out most, like you know, in, in '16, we were we were, I mean, we were the team. You know, I mean, there's there's just stupid amount of talent through there. '17, you know, we kind of went through a little stuff, but we were still pretty good. And '18, who who counted on us? You know what I mean? Like, um, besides the people in that locker room and at, at that uh, coach's office. Who believed we were even going to make it? Like you said, who believed we were even going to make the SEC tournament? There's there's something about being an underdog that really drives the best out of us. That drove the best out of us, and um, we loved being doubted. We loved being the team that they said they don't belong. They don't. They shouldn't be here. Um, we're going to walk over these guys. Like we we thrived off that that year, and 
um, you know, the only way you can do that is, is just to be a special team, to be a special group of uh, of uh, players and coaches, and, and we had it. And, um, those are just memories and things that are going to live with me forever. Uh, people ask about some of my favorite games and everything. They all come from those moments. Um, you can see it in the celebration. I mean, you look at uh, McNamee's walk-off against Florida State, yeah, you look at Mackney and, and, and his excitement, but look at the guys when he's coming into home plate. You know what I mean? Like, we were in the loser's bracket of a regional, and you can't replace that raw emotion that they were showing out there uh, again at Bandy, and then things, and then after that super regional, uh, that last win in game three, how that ground ball played out, and uh, you feel that you can't, that raw emotion, that excitement, um, you just you can't make that stuff up. You can't you can't put it into words like I'm trying to. Um, you can't. You it's it, that is what it is. It's, it's memories, and I'm so thankful to have them. Well, you gave you gave me a ton of memories. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure did. Some good, some bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 this team, like like Joel said, I, I I distinctly remember you know sitting there in I guess late March thinking. This season's going to be over at the at the end of the regular season. They're they're not going to Hoover, and you know thinking you're talking to my. I remember talking to my wife and saying, you know, look, if you want to go somewhere during in June, it's not going to be an issue. We, we can we can do that. But you know that that's what's great about sports. Obviously, is that it makes people like me look like idiots on a regular basis, and I don't I don't have a problem with that because I certainly uh, enjoyed the ride. And, and this was a this was an, a very incredible uh, you know run for Mississippi State, one of the best in MSU history, and you were a big, big part of that. And we're glad you joined us tonight to, to relive some of it. So, Cole Gordon. Oh, thanks for having me. You brought out some good memories there. Cool. We'll talk to you again very soon, man. Good luck, and hopefully back on the uh, the Diamond sooner rather than later. Yes, hope so. Thank you, all Y'all, y'all be safe. Thanks, Cole. You too. All right, thanks to Cole for his time. We certainly appreciate that. A lot of good stuff, a lot of great memories to get to relive. Hope that was an enjoyable interview for you guys to start your Friday off. Next week, I uh, don't know what games we're going to be covering. We'll talk about that later. Sunday show, we'll start the second round of the greatest Bulldog bracket. I know that Coach Nikki McRae-Pinson plans to join us next week as well. So we'll have an interview with her. On the pod? Uh, on the pod. Right, breaking news to me. Yeah, that. yeah. And uh, so we'll have her on and a lot of other good stuff uh, coming your way uh, very soon. So, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.